I am Neil Edwards, and this is The Leadership Range, where we elevate the voices of black and brown coaches, leaders and allies, and have soulful conversations about all things at the intersections of leadership, relationships and teams, well-being and inclusion. Here I offer deep insights and practical tips for work and life. How many major U.S. corporations do you know of that are clearly anti-racist? Think large-cap, publicly traded companies. I don't mean companies working on social justice, inclusion, or advancing a culture of belonging. I mean real anti-racist organizations. Forbes published an article last October titled, Companies Committed to Anti-Racism, A New Fellowship for Change. They cited an Edelman survey that reported that half of Americans expect CEOs to be anti-racist. That's great. That's awesome news. How many companies have you thought of so far that are anti-racist? Listen to some of the definitions. Oxford Dictionary Online defines anti-racist or anti-racism as the policy or practice of opposing racism and promoting racial equity. Verywellmind.com says, a process of actively identifying and opposing racism to challenge racism and actively change the policies, behaviors, and beliefs that perpetuate racist ideas and actions. Business Insider, an active and conscious effort to work against multidimensional aspects of racism. And the Oxford English Dictionary, unabridged. This is the definitive record of the English language. It defines anti-racist as, quote, an opponent of racism, unquote. None of these definitions talk about promoting diversity or inclusion. They don't talk about building cultures of belonging. They don't talk about addressing societal issues and injustices. While all of these things are well and good and necessary, none of them can be effective if we do not address the root of the problem, racism. In my last episode, I talked about the difference between problem-solving and exploitation, and that perhaps organizations are not truly interested in solving problems, that they may be more interested in exploiting events to their advantage as a business. Now, I recognize it may be, or it may feel damning to corporate leaders. My request to corporate leaders who feel that way is to prove it to me with facts. Prove that you're solving or you've solved some problems. Corporate leaders don't really want to be challenged, not directly. Nor do politicians, and nor does the notion of whiteness. Sometimes blackness does not want to challenge whiteness either, out of fear or, or backlash or you know, repercussions, which makes a lot of sense given the asymmetry in power, in money, and in guns. So what is this about today? Well, this is about everything we've spoken about so far on the leadership range. It is about love. Someone said on LinkedIn that doing DNI from a place of love is a garbage approach. I wholeheartedly disagree. Fear, anxiety, cowardice, and other dissonant energies have not produced the outcomes of our dreams. Only love has done that across the board, not only with racism, but all form of human and civil rights. It is effective. So effective that the most powerful lovers of humanity often get killed 
because they are so they are so effective at moving masses of people. It freaks out the power mongers. And in the case of racism in the U.S., it causes angry white mobs to show up because it is so effective. Love is courageous, powerful, creative, and productive. It is about allyship, relationships, accountability. If companies were allies to black people, therefore in right relationship with black people, then they would not declare they will hold themselves accountable. That is just nonsense. Companies and black communities, employees and external community members, need to be in relationship intentionally designed together as allies, determining together what the work is. And black stakeholders are the ones who ought to be holding companies, people, and systems accountable. Accountability is not something you do to yourself. Not in this case. The other part of the relationship holds accountability. Avoiding relationship and avoiding accountability is not loving. It is power, privilege, and rank, maintaining power, privilege, and rank. It is about well-being and mental health, in particular inside organizations. I focus here because it is where people in positions of power have the best chance to do something meaningful for anti-racism. Not only that, Companies keep saying their people are the most important, quote, assets, unquote, or resources. And I never liked any of those identities or framing. But anyway, it might make sense to get rid of the thing that is harming people if you love them, if, they are the mo- if they're the most important thing to you. But that's not primarily what is happening. Or maybe it's even entirely ignored. Here is what I mean. Going back to... The definitions of anti-racism. Companies are not doing that. What they are doing is building and implementing a lot of programs to produce diversity, support inclusion, and build cultures of belonging. The basic problem with doing only those things is they are being built on systems and structures that promote racism. The foundations are racist. How much love can an organization have for its people if it knowingly chooses to keep them in a system of racism, while simultaneously saying publicly they're an inclusive culture? How much might they really care about and love black and minority college students if they knowingly choose to recruit them into this treacherous culture that will likely harm them, crush their well-being and mental health for their career and possibly their life? That is not love, and it is not Loving. It's not a loving response. What would we think about, uh, say, a physically, emotionally, and mentally abusive partner in a household who repeatedly says, I am building a beautiful partnership. My spouse is the most important thing to me, and our household is full of harmony. Meanwhile, the partner is having an affair, while the spouse is actually abused and bruised under thick makeup and a lot of clothes. While the spouse says all the right things out in public, the spouse even says, you know, they let me spend all this money we have. They give me this nice house, allows me to travel with my friends whom I love. It bothers me that my partner has affairs, but I have all these nice things and this lifestyle. Is that a healthy relationship or partnership? Or is it a toxic one, perhaps? The bottom line is this. 
This is first about dismantling racist systems and structures and replacing them with equitable and just ones, while also changing hearts and minds. If we are not dismantling the harmful, are we not complicit in perpetuating our own harm? I didn't say what you would come away with today because I have a request. I'm a voice in the field who cares about this just as much as you do. There is a waning of anti-racism energy since last year. Whether you are a DNI practitioner or not, my request is not to let go. Keep on going. My request is to do things, big and small, from wherever you sit to dismantle racism. Dismantle racism. You can have a loving heart and challenge. You can act with love and dismantle. If we do not care enough to do that, nothing is going to change. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Leadership Range. If you enjoyed the episode, I invite you to peruse the others for more great conversations. If you know someone you think ought to be on the podcast, please send me an email at neil at neiledwardscoaching.com. To connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash nedwards07. I look forward to you joining in for more conversations each Monday on The Leadership Range.